and welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. It is March. It is sort of warming up, although I almost broke my neck outside today because it iced last night. And uh, just, you know, I had already done the stairs and there was just like a thin, like, by the time I go to work, it's not quite light out yet. And there was just like a thin patch of ice that was pretty dangerous. And it was still pretty dangerous when I got home. So I try to put something over it, although I'm too cheap to buy that rock salt because it's like 20, 30 bucks a bag now. I mean, that's another thing that has gone up with inflation. And I'm like, F you, I'm not buying rock salt. I'd rather throw table salt out there before I throw rock salt out there because it's too damn expensive. And it's getting warm this weekend. So I put some other stuff out there to hopefully keep my wife. If my wife breaks her back, I'm in trouble. Let's put it that way. I mean, I'm not going to get away with that. I'm never going to hear the end of it, especially if she's home you know, in traction. So I had to do something about it. Um, let's see, what else is going on? Well, I mean, a lot is going on on Twitter. I mean, I don't think I've ever had as much outreach on Twitter as I've had the last couple days because I, I have floated something out there that got like thousand, a thousand total between like likes and retweets and people getting pissed off about um, at least the upper market teams know that there's payroll disparity now that we're in a lockout, you know? And now, granted, I listed the Mets as one of those teams, and the Mets probably do know something about that because the Wilpons did not spend as much money as they should have in a market like New York with a new stadium and like $150 seats, $300 seats, $1,000 seats, you know. So, yeah, the Mets probably could have spent more money. But other than that, I mean, um, teams like the Dodgers and – even the Phillies now don't really know. I mean, uh, the Phillies used to be a low payroll team, but now it's like, I, I was reading something from a Phillies fan, and, you know, it makes sense, but they were like, oh, man, I hope this, you know, um, CBT gets raised to $250 million because then we can get a couple of outfielders. And it makes sense, you know, as a fan, that's what you're going to think. But if you think about, you know, if you're going to get it spent up to 250 as the Phillies and the Yankees, and we know the Dodgers and the Mets are over the, the tax. Um, if you have teams like uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore that don't want to go over 50, at least while they're rebuilding, you know, maybe they'll go over 50, 60 later. And you have other teams that don't want to go over 75, which is probably like eight teams that are not super comfortable going over 75. And I'm talking about like Cleveland. I'm talking about like even Milwaukee for the most part. Um, a lot of Midwestern cities don't like to go over that number. And then a lot of like deep South cities like Miami and Tampa don't like to go over that number. But, um, you know, that is what it is as far as revenue sharing and stuff like that. And you know what? I, it was always baseball season at the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast, and it's always free and it's always me. But, you know, now the CBA is kind of interesting, I think, because now we really have an idea of what's going on. For the first time, people started talking about this gang of eight or the eight that hate, you know, and that is eight low payroll teams that are not they're refusing to budge on the CBT as far as getting it over 220, at least to start out. Um, and it's pretty much those low revenue teams that I mentioned, you know, including the Pirates and the Orioles. Um, now, these teams are willing to do a salary floor. In fact, that's sort of what their strategy is, is to force a salary floor because they know, and this is something that I agree with, um, 
you know, with DK on because he, you know, he likes to talk salary caps. They know that if there's a floor, even though it's a soft floor, you get penalized for it. And if there's a, um, a competitive balance tax that you get punished for, it's sort of like having a salary cap. You will have most teams between 100 and 230, you know? So, and that's pretty much what baseball wants because at that point, there's no team spending five times more than, uh, than you are, which is what's happening now, you know? Um, if the Mets and the Dodgers spend 350 and the Pirates and the Orioles spend 50, certainly not fair to the fans, certainly not fair to anybody who wants to watch competitive baseball. So, I mean, that I think is the strategy. And that is just, you know, that's just my sense of things because think about it. They offered a cap, they offered a floor and it was rejected. It was given like an NFW, like a no fucking way, because if they were willing to accept the floor, you know, and they could just negotiate the numbers. They could say, all right, we don't want 100 to 180. We want 100, you know, um, 350 or whatever. You know, you start somewhere high. They could, they could say 125, you know, 270 or something like that. But they just flat out said, Scott Boris just flat out said, we're never having a floor uh, and we're never having something called a cap because – you know, we don't want any kind of structures like we have in other leagues. You know, we will not allow for that. You know, we want the free market because the free market helps Scott Boris. It doesn't always help players because middle players, especially guys like 28 and 29 that are like borderline players, their their salaries have gone down dramatically. But you still have the big guys getting paid like Steven Strasburg, who's getting paid way too much for a guy who's always hurt, right? You have like 80-year-old um pitcher, you know, for the Dodgers, uh, or now the Mets, um, getting paid like 40 million a year, you know? Um, so that's the problem with Scott Boris. I mean, his guys get paid, but the other guys don't get paid, but you know what? He don't care because he wants his commissions. I mean, he's not, he's not really like, um, putting any time into someone that's not going to bring him a lot of money. Uh, he wants high risk guys. Like he'll go after Kumar Rocker, um, because it's a high ceiling. You know what I mean? Like he wants to get into Kumar Rocker early. He wants to get into guys like Garrett Cole early, you know, like around draft time because he knows down the road he can make more money. And if you have a salary floor and if you have um, a competitive balance tax, even if it's not like drawn in stone because, he'll, you know, MLB will never accept a salary cap but you could sneak into one. And I think that's what the strategy is by these, this gang of eight is, you know, if they spend low as possible, first of all, they don't care. No one's going to their games anyway. Um, but if they spend as low as possible, um, they want the floor to be something that everybody wants by the next CBT, even though it's five years down the road and the Pirates have to live with this and the Orioles have to live with this. You know, and other teams have to live with this, you know, being under 100 million. You can hope that by the next time we have a CBA that the players are willing to accept the salary floor. And maybe by that time, it's like 120 million. So, I mean, there's at least some hope in the future. Uh, the other hope is obviously that the, um, the league goes bankrupt and everything gets restructured. But the owners do not want to declare bankruptcy because it would significantly lower the value of their teams. And that's one thing that has gone up consistently over time is the value of their teams.
So I'm just going to take a breather to take a hit of my vape. It's not weed. It is a slight 3% tobacco. So, you know, I don't drink, you know, um, but that that is the only thing that I like to do because eh, I like to do it. You know, it's relaxing. I vape. I'm constantly vaping, you know, um, and it doesn't really cost that much. You know, I just have to replace the coils once in a while and I have to buy some juice once in a while. But it's not like buying packs of cigarettes over and over. You know, it's actually not a bad deal. And, and cigarettes will kill you. You know, these these might kill you over time, but it's not like cigarettes that are like the damage that they do because of the heat they bring into your lungs is like, you know, a much better chance of getting cancer. It's not actually the um, the tobacco. I mean, it's the chemicals in with the tobacco, but it's also the heat um, that's hitting your throat, which is why you get throat cancer. And it's also the heat that's coming in your lungs um, that gives you lung cancer. So just a little bit on, you know, not smoking. I don't think any of my listeners to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant podcast smoke cigarettes anymore because nobody really smokes cigarettes anymore. I mean, it doesn't really make a whole heck of a lot of sense to smoke cigarettes. Um, But, you know, a lot of people vape weed and a lot of people vape tobacco. And I do vape tobacco. But in any case, uh, we were talking about just the you know, the economics of baseball. And now it's interesting. So we know the two things that they're fighting over are, you know, they already said no to the floor. So that's probably, you know, tabled until the next one. Um, But they're fighting over the, um, what the uh, tax is going to go up to or the competitive balance, you know, whatever you want to call it, the threshold or whatnot. Um, But I mean, if you want to go back to what it was called originally, it's just called a luxury tax. So MLB wanted to raise the penalties of the luxury tax. So they wanted to go from like, I don't know, 50% penalty to like 100% penalty, something like that. Um, The players said, no, you can't raise the penalties. Um, The owners wanted to increase revenue sharing and the players wanted to decrease revenue sharing. So basically what happened there is they, you know, they pretty much decided to keep revenue sharing the same. But the line that's being held by the owners, and I don't see them busting on this, is not raising the um, the CBT, uh, the luxury tax, over like 220. I mean, they might get to 223. They might get to 225 on their offers. I think if the players were at one point willing to say, okay, we'll start at 230 and keep it there for a couple of years, I think that teams like Miami and you know teams that spend a little bit more money or whatnot would be willing to say, okay, not really spend more money, but Miami's ready to compete now, you know? So low revenue teams that want to compete now, like Tampa, would be more likely to sign on to that than the Orioles and the Pirates, in my opinion, because they're still rebuilding and they're still a few years away. But, um, you know, that is the one thing. That's the main thing. And everybody says that's the main thing, you know, whether it's ESPN, whether it's um, Baseball America, whether it's The Athletic, you know, everybody knows that the main thing is the CBT threshold and the players want to start it at about 250 and go up to 270 and the owners want to start at 220 keep it at 220 and maybe go up to like 228 227 so they are holding firm and um, the main guys behind that are the Orioles and the Pirates which is interesting because this is a Pittsburgh Pirates rant you know so, I mean, that is a big thing. And really the only other thing, I mean, there were other issues like Super 2 and stuff like that. A lot of those things sort of went, you know, they died. Um, the other main thing is 
how much money are they going to put into this pool to reward players that do well before they hit arbitration like Brian Reynolds. Um, like a lot of guys that just come up and do really well. You know, like the rookie of the year for the Reds, for instance. Um, incidentally, the rookies had a the worst year ever this year. Um, and I think that um, Baseball America said it was because um, they did not develop, you know, in 2020 due to the pandemic. Um, so there, there wasn't a lot of great rookies this year as there normally are. You know, it was a historically low year for rookies. I mean, I'm not saying it was the worst ever, but, you know, it was one of the worst since like 1960 or something like that. That's something I just got off of today's Baseball America podcast that was interesting. Uh, But it is interesting listening to Baseball America because they are completely on the side of the players. Now, if Boris wanted to help the players, you know, he could just put a cap on you know, what the top guys make. Um, he could say, like NHL did at like 15 million. He could say, all right, I'm willing to cap my top guys at 30 million AAV or average annual value a year. He's never going to do that. But if he was willing to do that, the owners would pay the younger guys more than 700,000 to start out. You know, they'd be willing to go to 825. But the thing with the, um, really with both sides, but the thing with the players is they weren't willing to give anything. They just like, we want this, and that's what we want, and we're not moving. And the owners are like, well, we are drawing the line in the sand here. This is our best offer. We ain't moving. So, I mean, you you could look at this and say, well, I don't see how these guys are going to agree. And I caught a lot of heat from you guys because um, I understand you're hopeful and whatnot. But I caught a lot of heat saying that this is probably going to go into the summer. And nobody else was saying that, you know. But, I mean, the media can't say it. But, I mean, that was just my opinion. I did start out only saying April 1st, you know. And at the time, people thought we'd get this solved in, like, January, February. At least the optimistic, the hopefuls, you know. But I was saying, like, April 1st, which would mean we miss a month of the season. But at this point, just looking at how little they moved on the numbers – And they were negotiating for like seven days, you know, heavily. And for them to only move on playoff teams and not move at all on the money, I don't see how this gets um, solved. Now, your next chance to get this solved, I think, is in July. Because if you settle this in late June, early July, you have a chance to get 60 games in the playoffs. And the reason that's important is... The owners make a lot of money off of playoffs. So if you're only playing 60 games, you could make the case that even a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates could make the playoffs because usually in baseball you have a June swoon. Um, So a lot of teams, you know, they'll they'll be a mirage in like April and May. But when June and July hit, you know, reality sets in. And that's why they call it a June swoon. Well, I mean, if you only have two months, you never get to that June swoon. I mean, granted that the Pirates sucked ass in 2020, but the Marlins made the playoffs. And granted, and the Marlins only won 60-some games last year, but the Marlins not only made the playoffs, the Marlins made the playoffs having half of their team with COVID. So that pretty much tells you that anybody can make the playoffs in a 60-game season. And I think that there's a good chance that this could be settled in late June because... Um, those teams want the chance at playoff money. I mean, the Pirates would have a chance at playoff money 
Arizona would have a chance at playoff money. Baltimore would have a chance at playoff money. Miami would have a very good chance at playoff money, you know? Like teams that were really bad last year, like the Rangers, would have a shot at playoff money in a 60-game season. Now, 60 games, you're not going to have the Dodgers not make the playoffs, but you might have the Phillies not make the playoffs, you know? I mean, you're not going to have the Atlanta Braves not make the playoffs, but you might have the Mets not make the playoffs. So that opens the door for these other teams to make the playoffs. And that's what I think this might break. Now, if you get past that, I mean, if we don't even get 60 games, because you're never going to have 30-game season and then playoffs, I, I don't think. I mean, that would be atrocious, right? I think once you get once you if you get past the point where you're going to play 60 games, you lose the entire season plus the World Series. And that is dreadful, right? I mean, at that point, I think it's where the government comes in, especially around the midterms, um, where they're going to step in and they're going to say, we're settling this, you know, like we're saying you have to do this because baseball is the American pastime. Um, You could say that baseball is a big part of America, you know, it's a big distraction. It's been around America for a very long time. They could do that. And it's something that could actually help the Democrats in the midterms. Yeah, you know, it could help Joe Biden. Although, honestly, I don't think anything's helping the Democrats in the midterms because gas prices are going to be sky high. Food prices are going to be sky high. We're probably going to be into a recession by then. Unfortunately, you know, the Republicans are going to win all the seats. You know, unfortunately, fortunately, whatnot. But, you know, fortunately for Democrats, at least you don't have Trump, right? I mean, at least Trump's not in there. And that is the thing that Democrats hated is Donald Trump. And that's one of the reasons why Republicans love Donald Trump is because they know the Democrats hate Donald Trump because the Republicans hated Obama and they had to put up with him for eight years. So that's just kind of how politics works, you know? And, it, and you know, it's pretty similar to the way these negotiations work. You know, if you ever notice Congress, they never they never settle anything until there's a deadline. So they missed the first deadline here. And I think the next hard deadline is those 60 games plus playoffs. So, I mean, that's why this is interesting. We know there's two main things that they're fighting over. Um, we know who's holding it up. It's the small market teams and it's Scott Boris. And man, I'm not sure that either of those teams are going to blink unless... It's the owners wanting to get, you know, a chance to make the playoffs, you know, uh, those teams that I just mentioned. So, I mean, that's basically what we're looking at with the CBT. As Pirates fans, you know, it doesn't matter as much to us that we're losing this season because even the most optimistic of Pirates fans knew, other than watching, um, you know, uh, O'Neill Cruz and other than watching Brian Reynolds, that this wasn't going to be the funnest season other than watching like um, Key Brian Hayes come back, other than those three players and maybe like a Rowanzi Contreras, there's nothing to really get excited about in 2022. So we don't really care, right? In fact, I think that there was some, a little bit of enjoyment watching the Dodgers fans and Mets fans suffer here in Pittsburgh, right? Especially the Mets fans because they spent a shitload of money just a shit ton of throwing money at everybody, including Starling Marte, I think. I think they signed Starling Marte, I'm pretty sure. And they don't get to see a season. So, I mean, we get a little chuckle about that because, I mean, the Pittsburgh doesn't like Philadelphia. 
But Pittsburgh really doesn't like New York either, you know, Um, and particularly the Mets, because if you remember, um, there was a tweet that went out from SNY that said, um, oh, they uh," and I'm sure most of you actually do remember this, especially Pirates Twitter guys that said, hey, the Mets play, you know, nine of their next 12 games against the Pirates, you know, and people were pissed, you know, like this is going to age well. Fuck those guys. And you know what was funny is the Pirates won most of those games. And they got into a fight with Marcus Stroman. I mean, it was it was fun, you know. I mean, this was the funnest part of the season, beating up on the Mets. So now to see the Mets so frustrated that they spent all that money, um, you know, on a high-priced pitcher and a bunch of high-priced hitters, that they don't get to see those guys play is kind of nice here as a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. And you know what else? Most of the Pittsburgh Pirates Twitter, if not all, is very excited about watching Altoona. They're very excited about watching Greensboro. And they're very excited to see how many of these draft guys are going to be in Bradenton. Like, you might not see Bubba Chandler pitch right away in Bradenton, but maybe he'll hit. You might not see Anthony Solomato right away in Bradenton. Um, because they still want to work with him a little bit. Uh, but I think you're going to see Lonnie White Jr. And I, sit, I think you're going to see Braylon Bishop, because hitters are easier to bring up, you know. Um, and look at the 18-year-old hitters that were in Bradenton last year. You had the shortstop. You had the big dude. Um, you had a bunch of guys that were like 18, 19 years old. I mean, even Hudson Head was only like 19, 20. I, I mean, you always have 18-year-olds in Bradenton, you know. Um, not a lot of teams do that. But the Pittsburgh Pirates are one of those teams that they are willing to play these guys at age 18 because they want to move guys through the system because the system is all that matters as a Pirates fan. I mean, what you want to see as a Pirates fan is to get studs out there and to be able to enjoy them for three to four years. I mean, that's basically all we got, right? And hopefully you catch lightning in a bottle that all these guys come up at the same time and the Pirates win a division. And who knows once you get that far. I mean, maybe the Pirates win a World Series with a bunch of kids. And hey, that would be that would be pretty awesome, you know? Um, so that's really what we root for as Pirates fans. There's a ton of guys in Altoona. And I rattled off a bunch of guys like off the top of my head that were in Altoona this year. As far as like Michael Burroughs, Quinn Priester, Mladzinski, um, the guy that we got in the trade um the Miami trade you know the guy that's pretty good we got him as a pitcher we also have the outfielder we got in the Miami trade Connor um you know Connor um we have um Matt the Bat Frazier right um we got oh we got um Henry Davis in double A I mean we have a lot of good guys right we even have Nick Gonzalez in double A so that's what we're excited about you know, we don't really care too much about, uh, and you got to see, let's see how Andy Rodriguez does in Greensboro. I mean, he might even top um, Matthew Frazier's numbers. Who knows, you know, but he looks good. I mean, the sound coming off of his bat is really nice, and he's not an all or nothing guy like, um, you know, like a um, Mason Martin. Like, he makes contact. He's fun to watch defensively. So there's a lot of guys in Greensboro we want to watch too, you know. Um, So that's, you know, that's the uh, midweek podcast or the late. This is going to be my late week podcast. But, you know, this is fun with all this stuff going on. Um, 
just watching guys, you know, beat up on each other on Twitter, players versus owners versus Scott Boris and stuff like that. It's the only fun thing going on other than, you know, we're all excited about March Madness because everybody, I think everybody loves March Madness. All right, so peace out. You know, God love you. The dogs love you. Um, The devil freaking loves you. Um, So, you know, if you're going to sin, you might as well sin while you're young because you can always be born again later in life. Peace.